Hello, Lineage Speaks listeners. My name is Mardalena John, your host, and I want to share something very special that I've been working on lately. The I Am an Author program. Do you have a young storyteller in your life? What if you could help them share their words in an actual published book? Just like the authors who share their chapters weekly here, what doors would open up for them? How would their perception of the world and their place in it change? I am excited to announce a new program developed by myself with support from AMA Publishing, the I Am An Author program. We're coming together to provide young writers with the experience of becoming real published authors. Children and young adults can enter the program with a story already written, just an idea, or no story at all. We will help the authors develop and refine their stories and also showcase tips and tricks from guest speakers on brainstorming story ideas, developing the setting, world building, elements of a story arc, and character development, and much more. At the end of the program, authors will submit their final work to be published in an actual book available on Amazon worldwide. The program starts March 14th. Lead submissions will be considered, but don't delay. Sign up today. Visit MardalenaDawn.com for more information. Or for quick access, click on the link to the program located in this episode's description. Thank you for listening, and let's help our young storytellers by becoming real published authors. Welcome to another episode of Lineage Speaks, the podcast. I'm your host, Martelena Donterpel, and this season, we're featuring authors from the book Divinity Speaks, women who tune in and trust divine inspiration. Today, sharing her chapter from Divinity Speaks, we have Tish Meehan. Tish Meehan is a transformational soul coach, spiritual teacher and healer, and divine channel. Tish helps women who struggle with chronic overthinking, are emotionally repressed, and feel silenced to take off their masks and connect to their inner sacred fire to embrace their spiritual gifts heal their trauma, and fully embrace their spiritual path to liberation. Tish believes that this is the time for the divine feminine to release deep-seated wounding and barriers that keep women from healing themselves and the collective consciousness. Tish is an international best-selling author for her work in Ignite Your Wisdom and shares her story of rising up into her own light in the book entitled Divinity Speaks. Tish lives in Toronto, Canada with her three children, two cats and a dog. Chapter 25, coming out of the spiritual closet. I have been gifted with many spiritual gifts in this lifetime. I am blessed. I know that I'm here to do great things, to help heal the collective, to heal the wounded divine feminine, help raise the universal Shakti energy and to bring balance and healing to the divine feminine and divine masculine energies. 
Ultimately, I'm here to shake things up by bringing healing and messages from spirit to wake people up. When I tap into this potentiality and the role that I know I'm here to play, you can check my astrology chart if you don't believe me, I did, I feel a surge of energy moving up my spine from below my root chakra all the way to my crown and beyond. I know this is my calling and I can't wait to take the leap into my true potential. I visualize myself on the tallest mountain, standing on the edge, my breath flowing easily. I feel energy pulsating through my entire being and I know that I'm ready to take flight, to say, hey world, here I am. Then I look down over the side of the cliff and my breath catches in my chest. I feel myself beginning to sweat, heart racing. A deep sense of fear and dread slowly rises inside of me as I realize that I'm scared of heights. I'm scared to jump. I'm scared to take the risk of falling, of failing. So I don't leap. Instead, I stand there frozen, paralyzed, and shame washes over me. Living in the spiritual closet. I've lived in the spiritual closet for more than 20 years. I'm afraid of my spiritual gifts. I'm afraid of looking like the crazy spiritual lady that you see on TV that throws crystals at people going through problems or is waving sage around while chanting incoherently. I'm afraid of being seen as someone who talks to spirit, guides and angels. I'm afraid of showing up as a spiritual leader because it means that I have to walk my talk and no longer hide from it. I've chosen to stay in the spiritual closet because it felt safe in there warm and cozy like a familiar blanket. Yet I'm stifled in this paradox that I live in. I long to fully own and embrace my amazing gifts and to show the world who I truly am. A divine messenger, pure channel, healer and teacher. Someone who yearns for spiritual wisdom, teachings and tools to help the world move out of the darkness we are shrouded in. But I'm beyond scared to share what I know and to show up as one of the leaders who stands up to help humanity. So I stay hidden in my own spiritual closet, opening that door a crack to whisper, hey world, I have some gifts that I want to share with you. And just as quickly I snap the door shut as the fear washes over me like a wave of heaviness that pulls me under. I continue to tiptoe out of the closet and into my own light and back in again. Oh, and I'm super angry at God. Did I mention that? Little Tish, age four. When I was four years old, I had a very vivid imagination. I loved spending time alone away from my two older sisters, playing in my room with my imaginary friends. I would stand on the end of my bed to make myself feel taller because my imaginary companions were so big. I can remember feeling the brightness that they radiated and the joy that I felt being around them. This was one of the times that I can remember feeling truly happy being in my room with my friends that no one else could see or hear. It made me feel special because they gave me a lot of attention and I felt happy that I could be myself. I named these friends after my favorite television show, The Dukes of Hazard. Bo, Luke, and Daisy. There were three. They were my spiritual guides and I loved them. What stands out for me as I recall this memory is how much fun I would have, but more importantly, I felt like I was transported to another place in time. 
I can picture in my mind a big field where we would play. It had purple flowers and the grass was soft. The air was warm, but not hot. My imaginary friends and I would go there and the game I would create. Then one day, my older sister decided to spy on me. I was talking to Bo and Luke, whom she couldn't see when I spotted her face peeking around the corner. When I locked eyes with her, she began to laugh and make fun of me for playing with imaginary friends. The heat rose within me, my face burning red with embarrassment, tears in my eyes. I threw myself on my bed and buried my face, where I cried into the pillow was soaked with tears. I could hear my sister running through the house laughing and telling everyone about how I had imaginary friends. That was the last time I saw those imaginary friends. I wouldn't allow myself to see them or talk to them, even if they came by. I closed that door and refused to let it open because it didn't feel safe. I went into the closet, angry and afraid of who I was, and I pushed away my spiritual gifts that were emerging from my innocence. Age 14, Devastation. When I was 14, my mom died suddenly. She had a heart attack in the middle of the night when the rest of us were asleep. We discovered her body the next morning. It felt as though my heart and soul were ripped into a million pieces. I spent the next few years lost in a sea of despair, darkness, and depression. I was afraid all the time. I had to sleep with music on because the silence would swallow me alive. I struggled to connect with friends because no one really understood the magnitude of this hole that was inside me. I felt broken and didn't know how to put the pieces of myself back together. My emotions moved from being numb to overwhelming sadness to extreme anger. Around and around it went with little or no relief. This anger was trapped inside of me and it burned deep in my belly. Anger at my mom for not taking care of herself better, for smoking, and for leaving. Anger at the world for moving forward as if nothing had happened. Anger for the kids at school who were laughing, happy, and carefree. And a deep, deep festering anger at God. I prayed that this was all a bad dream and that I would wake up and my mom would be back. I prayed for peace and solace for my broken heart, but nothing changed. I was still that lost teenager wandering through the halls of school trying to remember how to breathe and put one foot in front of the other, praying that I wouldn't fall to pieces in front of everyone. Life seemed so empty and unfair, and I didn't want to live anymore. I tried to fill the void with friends, alcohol, boyfriends, and anything that felt good. Nothing lasted. Over time, I learned to put a fake smile on my face. This mask made me feel safe and unseen, which was exactly what I wanted. I began to allow the people around me to guide my life, make decisions for me and my future because it was easier than trying to navigate my world without my mom. It was at age 17 that I met the guy that I would eventually marry. He took the reins of my life and steered me in a direction that felt safe and secure. I finally started to feel normal. I was beginning to put the pieces of myself and my life back together and nothing would get in my way. The anger was tamed for now. The tears subsided and I started to feel normal. I finally felt like things were turning around for me. But there was a nudge inside of me. Something didn't quite feel right. I loved my boyfriend and I felt safe. I felt really safe. Yet something was still off. 
I chose to ignore that quiet voice inside that was saying, Tish, pay attention. I ignored it and kept pushing through. The need to be protected, safe, and content trumped anything else that showed up. Anger ignites my path. And then things began to shift for me in ways that I hadn't expected. For my 20th birthday, I received a gift certificate for a Reiki session. I had no idea what it was and felt extremely put off by it. I tucked the piece of paper with the woman's name away inside a book and forgot about it. A year later, when I was packing up my room to move, I found the piece of paper. This time I was met with a sense of curiosity and a longing that I couldn't quite understand. I made the appointment without realizing that this would be a pinnacle moment in my spiritual evolution. The Reiki practitioner was very kind and normal, which was a surprise, not like the crazy spiritual people I had seen in movies and on TV. As soon as the session began, she began to channel my guides and angels. This woman knew nothing about me. Nothing. Her words still sit with me in my heart, a truth that still holds true to this day. I can see that you lost your mom. You are so sad and lost. And you are angry. Angry at God for taking her away from you. As plain and simple as that. I was lost, sad beyond words, and I was angry at God. Many things ran through my mind that day. How did this woman know these things about me? Why did this feel so right to be here in her home, receiving healing that I could feel in my entire being? I knew right then and there that this was the beginning of my true healing journey. Little did I know that it was the beginning of my spiritual path to being a healer, channel, and teacher. This day also began the paradox in which I still find myself. Fast forward to age 38. The years between the first Reiki session are peppered with so many beautiful moments and many challenges. I got married, had three kids, and became an elementary school teacher. I was happy enough. My grief was buried deep inside me, and I just kept moving through the weeks, months, and years. I continued to receive healing from my Reiki master and started to attend her weekly meditation classes. I didn't tell many people about this part of me because it felt personal. I loved learning about the spirit world and going there in my meditations. When I was meditating, I felt that I was finally understanding the world and myself. During this time, I became more aware of my emotions, sensitive nature, and I noticed more and more people coming to me for advice and an ear to listen. I guess I am what is called an empath. These traits become more and more evident the more I meditated and received healing. As an empath, I began to pick up other people's emotions and physical pain, and it was overwhelming. I struggled to know what was mine and what was someone else's. It was at this time when I decided to take my first level of Reiki so that I could do self-healing and stay clear of other people's stuff. I wasn't expecting to feel pulled more into the spiritual world. I thought it was for me, I truly did. But something shifted in me, a light went on, and I started to feel a calling to do more, to offer healing to others, and continue to build my, my knowledge of the spiritual world and my role in it. I took course after course, emerged in learning and healing. On one hand, it was incredible and I loved every second of it because I felt like I was in the right place. 
On the other hand, this new path created drama and issues in my life. My partner did not support this new part of me and thought it was a bit crazy. I couldn't articulate how things worked and why I loved doing healing work and self-healing, why I had crystals and cards, essential oils and pendulums. I began to question whether maybe I was crazy. I felt embarrassed and ashamed of my spirituality and so I kept it hidden. I would keep all of my spiritual paraphernalia in a little cupboard, only pulling it out when I was alone or with a few trusted people. I became unhappy. The more I hid this part of myself, the worse I felt. I began to hate my job, wanting to quit and follow my path as a spiritual healer. As my spirituality strengthened and the doors to new possibilities opened, the more I hid myself away in my self-imposed spiritual closet. I felt like that four-year-old who had talked to imaginary friends, who I realized were my guides, and an anger began to fester in me again. I was angry that God had shown me this path and I wasn't able to take it, that I had to choose between my marriage and my path. I tried to find ways to connect these two seemingly polar opposite parts of my life, but the more I tried, the more chaos would erupt in my life. My partner and I grew further apart. I was angry all the time. I had panic attacks at school. I had no energy for my kids and I was miserable. I begged my partner to support this new career, but was met with resistance. I knew he was working from his own need for safety and security, but it didn't matter anymore. I would silently scream to my mom and angels to help me find a way to make everything work. I was falling apart mentally and emotionally and felt like that broken teenager once again, lost in a sea of sadness and frustration. At age 40, I knew I had to make a big change. I had to follow my knowing and leave my marriage. To say it was the hardest thing I have ever had to live through falls short. Choosing myself and my path over my family. That is what it felt like and still does. And here I am a few short years later, still figuring it out, leaning into my gifts and slowly showing them to the world. I talk to my children about all things spiritual. And even though it was hard at first, it gets easier. I want them to know the side of themselves. I continue to learn, devouring all teachings and wisdom that I can, knowing that it is leading somewhere that I can't even imagine. I'm learning to trust my voice, my knowledge, my intuition, and I'm healing the wounds that have kept me angry with my mom for dying and the anger I have with God. I can trust spirit and universe, but the label God still stirs something in me. I'm a work in progress, but I'm finally feeling like it's time to step out of the spiritual limbo and into my own light for myself, my children, my community, and for the collective. A message from spirit. During the process of writing this chapter, I was met with a lot of resistance. So I asked myself, my truest, most divine self, why am I fighting this? What am I afraid of? And the answer rings out from the music playing behind me. Here I am with the mighty and the high, feeling like I don't belong. Fears bubble up before my mind's eye like a slideshow of all the ways I fall short. I feel like a fraud, a fake, an imposter. My fear asks me, who are you to call yourself a healer, a spiritual teacher, an author? Who are you to call yourself a divine channel? 
This last part creates a reverberation throughout my being and I pause. I take a long inhale and focus only on my breath and the feelings that are present. I mentally ask myself, what makes me think that what I have to say is important, needed? As I quiet the inner chatter of my ego through the strength of my breath, I surrender and allow the answer to come to me. It arrives as if floating on a cloud from the divine to my heart. Spirit speaks to me. I ask you, dear one, who are you not to share your gifts with the world? How can you continue to dim your light so that you are barely a flicker in the sky? You are needed now in this moment to open yourself up fully and completely to your soul purpose. The collective needs you. Your family needs you. Your community is waiting for you to step up and into the light, to be a leader for those who cannot hear their own guidance and find the light. A vision appears before me of a domino lit up in ecstatic white light that is so brilliant it hurts my eyes. As I embody and embrace this light, the domino connects with the one beside it and it lights up and pushes into the next one, lighting it to its brilliance. I watch as all the dominoes begin to fall one by one, lit to their fullest potential. I understand. When I step into the light of the divine, it helps others to find the light and live their most soulful life. When I get out of my own way, I allow the divine to move through me. It is effortless because I am in the flow. This is the place I'm choosing to breathe into, to nurture, to challenge, and to trust. I choose to use any residual anger that comes up within me to be the fire that transmutes another layer of my being, like a phoenix emerging from the fire. Again, I am standing on the edge of the mountain, my arms spread wide. I breathe into this newfound confidence and self-assurance. I boldly and courageously leap. I am ready. Are you? Divinity speaking. Divinity speaks when your heart and mind are open to listening. Have faith in the messages you receive and allow the divine to speak to you and through you. Thank you for listening. All proceeds go to elamugirls.com, a nonprofit helping women in Kenya escape poverty, sex tourism, and genital mutilation by teaching them to sew and giving them a choice, a voice, and a bank account. Please subscribe, rate, and review us if our stories help you on your journey. Follow us on Instagram at Lineage Speaks the Podcast. Until the next episode, honor the light within you and let it guide your way on. <laughs>